Hello, and welcome to another virtual edition of My Rundle Biz Podcast. I'm your host, Grayson Orfe, and I'm here with my sometimes podcast sidekick, <laughs> Rosa Cruz. And listen, I just want to wish everybody a happy new year. I want to say thank you guys for tuning in and joining all of 2020, 2021, uh, even 2019. I mean, you know, you guys have been loyal and faithful, and I just want to say thank you for that. Um, but this is a new year, and in the new year, it's time for all those New Year's resolutions, whether you're trying to uh, lose a little bit of the plumage or <laughs> or if you're just trying to see what dreams come and what goals you can start in the new year, um, it's that time for all those resolutions. That's right, Grayson. And one of, one of the resolutions that a lot of people that we interact with have is to start a new business, right? And so it's, it's the perfect time of the year to talk about resolutions and look into starting your, your business. And maybe your side hustle all these years could now be your main hustle, right? Yep. So we're, today, we're really excited. We are going to be talking about a really cool program that we have here at the Anne Arundel Economic Development Corporation called the Inclusive Ventures Program, or IVP, as we call it by shorthand. And to tell us more about it is our very own wonderful colleague, Keisha Hay. Hi, Keisha, how are you? Why don't you tell the uh, audience a little bit about what you do and what industries you typically work with here at the EDC? Thank you, Rosa. Thank you, Grayson, for having me on. Yes, wonderful colleagues to work with. I truly enjoy working with Grayson and Rosa. Um, so I have a portfolio um, under me that covers a lot of territory. Um, one area is small minority businesses, um, as well as the maritime industry. I also oversee the projects in the Glen Burnie Town Center, the Odington Town Center, um, and I serve as the liaison to the city of Annapolis, working with um, Hope and Steve over there um, at the city of Annapolis. So I'm excited about the Inclusive Venture Program. I mean, 2022, January, you know, we'll be um, hustle and bustling with new inquiries from individuals that, um, like Grayson said, you know, they want to turn their side hustle into a business um, and they're ready to jump and launch out into the deep um, to do so. So we're excited about the new year. We always see an uptick in inquiries um, in January. So um, you know, I just encourage every business um, to do that. But the program you mentioned was the IVP program. I'm excited we launched that in January of 2021. Um, so we'll be going back to have our third cohort um, in uh, March of 2022. So I'm really excited um, about that. So we'll be opening um, applications on January the 24th. Um, for our application round. Um, once the applications have been submitted, we will go through a review process of all of the applications, making sure um, that they meet the intent of the program. Um, once we review the application, we will choose a group to interview virtually, just like uh, we're doing right now. Um, we'll go through the interview process, ask them questions about their business. I'm really try and figure out you know, where they may be lacking and what they may be lacking. Then from there, we'll invite them to participate in our third cohort. Um, and whether or not they accept, we'll get rocking and rolling um, come March the 2nd, hopefully. 
Awesome, awesome, awesome. Listen, Inclusive Ventures is a fairly new program, right? So yep. I want to know, like, uh, what's how, one, how did it get started? But then also, how has the last year been? Like, how, like, what are some of the, uh, uh, a lot of the pros, a lot of the challenges, a lot of the different things that's happened in the last year? So um, back in, I don't know, probably about three years ago, um, when I came on board with Anne Arundel, um, probably been like four years ago, um, since I had small minority businesses under my portfolio, I really wanted to get a handle on that particular community. What's here? What's the diverse makeup of that community? You know, um, what do we have? What encompasses that? What businesses are already here? And I really didn't have a handle of what, what was here, based industry, sector, size, revenue, et cetera. So we started holding roundtables. I partnered with the city of Annapolis, and we held um, four, one each quarter, to really hear from those businesses to see what they needed, really to hear what their needs were. Um, and so there were, um, you know, many um, concerns, issues, assistance that they needed, one, of course, being capital. That has always been a need from, um, for minority businesses. And as we know, COVID has um, certainly increased that need um, for access to capital. Um, second, they wanted to have um, connections with doing um, procurement. So they wanted to tap into um, procurement, you know, not only with um, Anne Arundel, but also with the state or federal type um, of procurement. And then um, basically networking, you know, networking with other businesses, other like-minded um, businesses, um, and then getting them ready for capital. Um, because a lot of times you may have businesses that, you know, they know their hobby, they know how to, um, you know, sew or make their product very well. But as far as the financial side with, you um, making sure they know their credit score and things of that nature um, so that they're in line to access capital was a challenge. Um, so from those roundtables, um, basically IVP was developed with the assistance of Rosa and um, Steve, the VP of finance in our office. Um, so basically I did a straw man draft of um, a program um, sent it to them to look at and tweak and, you know, provide some insight, you know, anything that I may be missing. And this is what um, we came up with. We knew that, you know, these businesses need mentors. Um, and so we created the program. Um, and then the icing on the cake is the grant that they receive um, for their business at the end of com completing the program. So we as an organization have done this IVP for, for a year now, and you said in your intro that you've done about two cohorts, which is two classes of business owners. Um, you walked us through the program, but let's get, it, let's get back to those two cohorts and sort of what, what you saw. Um, is there a specific size or revenue level of a business that you think is, is better for this program? What did you see in the last two cohorts and sort of how receptive were some of these business owners to the to learning what you all were offering in the program? Because if I'm a business owner that's been around for let's say five to seven years, I think I kind of know what I'm doing, right? Yeah. So, yep. you yep. know, talk, and so talk us through that kind of makeup of the business owners you were seeing and what kind of business owners are right really for this program. 
I think, you know, with anything we do, you know, even in our jobs, in our area of expertise, right? I think just, you know, because, you know, I've been doing economic development 20 years, I may not have anything else to learn, but that's not always the, the case because, you know, technology is changing, we're ever evolving. Um, and I think there is always an opportunity, no, how, no matter how long you've been in a particular field or industry, there's always room for growth and there's always room for new knowledge um, and a better understanding of what you do. So our first cohort was focused on those um, businesses that were new. They had been in business um, roughly three to five years. Revenue was a little low. Um, and you know what you can really tell from a business based on their revenue is if they have a strategy in place to grow their revenue. Because if you are in business for five years, right, and you're doing this, you know, pretty much every day, um, 365 days a year, and your revenue is only at $10,000 annually, then apparently you're not doing something right, and there is room for learning something new. So they were smaller businesses that really were in need of a growth strategy and really to talk about their numbers and revenue and how they can increase, you know, their revenue. So um, that was the first cohort. That cohort was really, I would say, startup businesses, um, really open to learn, um, you know, their revenue numbers, how they can grow. If you're going to add an employee, then that means you have to increase your revenue, right, in order to pay that employee if they're going to be an employee. If they're a 1099, that's completely different. Um, all of those other nuances do not go with that. Um, but you have to think about that. You know, we say we want to add employees, but where's the money going to come from? How are you going to grow? The second cohort were more seasoned businesses, some of which have been in business for over 10 years. And of course, there were some that went into that program thinking, oh, I'm really not going to learn anything new. You know, I may just be in it because I'm going to get this seed money. But boy, when they came out of it, to see a turnaround and, and how, um, as the weeks progress, how they really were engaged and um, open-minded, really. I think some of them came in closed-minded, but by the time they ended the program, they were certainly open to new direction, open to new ways of marketing, open to doing more online um, selling of their product. Um, you know, just different ideas that came across um, when we all came together and just being able to bounce ideas and get suggestions off the group, um, you know, was it was just great synergy and just provided just open-mindedness for um, some of the businesses. And, you know, a few of them, it was a complete turnaround um, by the time they graduated. And so I really do look um, for some of them to really um, have additional revenue streams um, with that online presence to increase their revenue and grow. Um, because a lot of them that were in the second cohort were struck by COVID. Um, some were retail and they had to, you know, close down. They couldn't, you know, um, sell their prom dresses or whatever the normal activities of school that would go on. It wasn't happening. Um, and it was a huge revenue hit for some of the businesses that were in the second cohort. So now I really do think that they are looking to, um, I hate using the word pivot because we heard that a lot during COVID, but they are looking to change the trajectory 
of their business, so to speak, so that they can grow and increase their revenue. Yeah, so now, it was exciting. Now, the, the thing about it is, is that um, the one thing that, that I've noticed with the program is that there's a lot of there's a lot of positives to it. There's a lot of the pluses. There's there's great things. And I think the thing that to me stands out the most is the fact that there after after you guys go through the program and everything, there's a network, there's a community, you know, and as a business owner, you're very, it's kind of, sometimes you feel like you're, you're walking out on, on, you know, you're walking the plank a little bit, like, you know, you're just like, you're out there, you're by yourself and, you know, things overwhelm you. And I think the biggest thing and the biggest takeaway from the IVP program is that you now have people to actually talk to and the mentorship and just being able to look over and say, Hey, uh, you went through this. I need help. This, that, and the third. I think that was just that was just great. I mean, to me, and that was one thing that really stood out. Now, the thing about it is, is that now uh, with the, with that being said, we got a segment called top five. Now in that top five, these business owners are starting stuff new. They're trying to get their businesses going and go to that next level. What are your top five? Um, I would say, what are your top five uh, do's and don'ts for those who are just kind of starting their businesses and, and the future entrepreneurs that are coming through? So number one, and believe me, we all of us that started a business have done this, even those that are sometimes in economic development. I know we're not supposed to do this, but <laughs> do not take all of your retirement and your savings to start your business. In fact, leave your retirement where it is, right? Yes, you do need some type of equity, um, you know, of your own in order to get some capital, but don't touch that retirement um, money, particularly if you're not of retirement age, because you're going to have, it's going to be added to your income, your tax liability is going to be more, you're going to have to pay that 10% penalty, all of that stuff. So leave your retirement intact. Just try and save some money and have a little bit of money to contribute as you're trying to, to start your business. So that's one don't do, right? Gotcha. Um, certainly um, consult with the three F's to get money, the family, the friends, and the fools, we call them. <laughs> try and bring them in to get some money, you know, if you don't have a lot of money. So just remember those three F's. And, um, you know, your family's always willing to help you and throw some money in something that they think may, you know, may be worth it. And friends, you can pull some money from friends. And, you know, even with, you know, my first business, I did an S-Corp. So even bringing people in that are willing to invest and you give them stock shares in your right. corporation is a good way. And that's a good way if, you, if you're profitable, you know, they're going to get something back. So, you know, yeah. certainly consult with, you know, your attorney, if you're going to do um, a corporation, if you're going to incorporate, and if you, you know, to determine whether or not you should be an S corp or not, they can explain all that. But again, go to those three F's and ask them to contribute, um, particularly if you're going to do a corporation and, and just do some stock shares to help you gain investors. Wow. Um, what else? Know your score, your credit score, that is. 
know your score, know what your credit score is, you know, when you're starting a business. And I know a lot of people like to use credit karma. Credit karma can be completely off, you know, get your annual uh, free credit report. You can go online and I think it's free uh, at annualcreditreport.com, something like that. Just Google free annual credit report, get all three bureaus along with your score. Make sure there's nothing on there that have, you know, any type of adverse reaction to you getting capital. So do that every year. Do it even if you're not even looking to start a business. Yeah. It's good to, yeah. you know, keep on top of your, um, your credit report. So get that for free. It's completely free. You have to pay, I believe, for your credit score. But get that. Know your score before you launch into the deep to go and ask the bank for $3 million or something along the, those lines, or come to AAEDC and ask us for some money. So know your score, um, that, that's one thing. Um, and then also um, take the time to sit down and write your business plan, right? Now, um, certainly I highly recommend, you know, working with SCORE or SBDC, but I also recommend you really sitting down and taking the time um, to do a draft on your own and then go to score SBDC to have them review it. Um, yeah. I tell you, I, I, it took me forever to sit down and write my first business plan. I dreaded it. I didn't want to do it, but I'm like, okay, I'm working with businesses. I tell them that is step number one in, in, in you know, uh, moving forward with the business. So I got to do it too, right? Because at that point I was in economic development. So I literally had to sit down and do my business plan. And I tell you, it's the best thing that I ever did because by me doing that business plan, I could certainly give real life personal advice to every business um, or startup that I consulted with, right? And tell them how important those projections are. Business plan is vital to getting capital. Make sure you know what's in your business plan. Please don't pay anybody to, do, to write your business plan because you want to know what's in it. Um, and then just take that with you when you go to look at financing. Bring it to us at AAEDC. Take it to your bank that you do um, business with. Um, make sure that you know what's in there and you can articulate and um, explain everything that's in there um, when you do your business plan. Um, and then also make sure that you have an exit strategy or a backup plan. Make sure it's not just you. Make sure that you have somebody else that can do the job if anything was to happen to you, because a lot of um, finance backers do expect the job to get done, even if something happened to you as the owner. And then lastly, I don't know if this is five or not, make sure you have a um, insurance policy, um, you know, for your business, right? That is very important. Not only you know, a plan for your business as, as a strategy, but also just the life insurance plan in general too for you. So hopefully that was five, um, but those are some things that I have lived Very by important. when starting my business um, and continue to live by. And, you know, don't just look at that business plan as a one-time document, look at it as, as a, a living document, something that you look at every year that you're in business to say, okay, did I meet my year one projections? Um, you know, did I meet what the intent of the business, you know, plan was? And just to gauge where you are as your business um, grows. Those are really good tips, Keisha. And a, a lot of the things you mentioned are things that um, a lot of people don't even really think about, right? Especially the, the, keep the, the, the importance of keeping up the credit score. 
um, because it'll set you on a good foundation from when you have to go to a lender um, yep. to, to get that financing. There, there's a lot of really good tips in your, in your top five, I think that a lot of people didn't think about. And I hope that they listen to you and, um, and think about that as well. Um, so before we uh, get going, um, please go ahead and highlight again the application dates for the IVP and uh, where they can find the information. So please um, stay up to date by visiting aaedc.org and the IVP applications will be available online on Monday, January 24th at 9 a.m. So please um, watch our um, page, follow us on social media um, so that you can stay up to date on everything that we're doing in Anne Arundel County. Terrific. Oh, is there a deadline for the application, um, the application period? Yes, um, deadline for applications will be January 31st at 5 p.m. So again, opening on Monday, January the 24th at 9 a.m., closing on Monday, January 31st at 5 p.m. Terrific. So get your application in. Keisha, thank you so much for joining us today. And Keisha already gave our, our website address for the IVP, and that's the same place, as well as our social media channels where you can find this podcast interview and our prior podcast interviews. Um, on behalf of Grayson, my uh, sometimes co-anchor, thanks for joining us today. And we will see you on another episode soon of the Maya Runda Biz podcast. Take care, everybody.